Hey, Professor, this is Nick Teresa. My topic is less than truckload transportation, LTL transportation for short. I hope you enjoy this podcast and uh, let's get going. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Unpacking Freight. I am your host, Nick Teresa. And today I want to really talk about uh, the key to success within land transportation. And that is the driver. Uh, Without the truck driver driving the truck, uh, nothing's going anywhere. Um, Everything nowadays is delivered to the end user by a truck. Um, Almost all of these people driving trucks have CDL licenses, commercial driver's licenses. And I want to talk about this national shortage for CDL drivers. Um, I want to get a little into uh, how to get your CDL license and then finally wrap it up with why it's a great idea and an investment to get your CDL license. So let's start with unboxing, and yes, the pun is intended, on why is there this shortage of CDL drivers? Why are people not getting into a growing industry? Um, You hear so much about people wanting to be employed in an in-demand industry, uh, an industry that is growing, and I feel that one avenue that's never spoken about is transportation. Um, the truck driving and CDL licensing market is, is only going up uh, as e-commerce consistently is growing. Everybody wants to be in an in-demand field and have that job security. And why isn't it happening here? So the American Trucking Association, the ATA, every year releases a report that is specifically tailored to the status of the driver shortage that's going on. So I wanna read this directly from the report. It says that in 2017, the industry was short roughly 50,700 drivers. In 2018, that ballooned to 60,800 drivers. The ATA forecasts that in 2028, which is in eight years, it could be short 160,000 drivers. Over the next decade, the trucking industry would need to hire 1.1 million new drivers, and that is keeping pace without losing any drivers. I mean, that is a lot of people that need to be hired and stay into an industry. So if it's so in demand, 1.1 in eight years, why isn't it growing? Why is it predicted that this shortage will be 160,000 workers short? I want to get into that. So the three main components to why drivers and people aren't becoming drivers is pay, lifestyle, and perception that is around being a truck driver. So first off, I wanna get into pay. So when I was an inventory control manager at a private wholesaler, uh, my boss, the operation manager, uh, ran all the delivery drivers. 
And the constant thing during my whole tenure there was always, we're always hiring drivers. We had hiring freezes on labor. We had hiring freezes on inside sales. But the whole time, we never had a hiring freeze for drivers. We had at one point, were actually letting people go for a decline in business, but drivers were always considered a premium. And if you found a driver, you were even given an incentive for bringing them into the company. So when we would have weekly manager meetings, it was always brought up to say, if you know somebody with a CDL, we are paying, we will pay their ask, please get them in the door. Now, CDL drivers know that they have this power. Once they're in the club and they have a CDL license, they know that jumping from job to job is very easy and they can usually leverage their previous job's pay and schedule for a new job. So we would have a lot of people coming in uh, when I was in that role. And then when I was in another role at a bus company doing all the hiring, I would constantly have people coming in saying, oh, I was at this company, getting this pay, doing this hours, basically like flaunting to say, hey, what can you offer me? And if I could with reason match it or better it, we would hire them. But even though I could get them in the door, keeping them is near impossible because again, they always know they have this power to just jump ship and that they're never out of work. So now the pay part is really two stem. There's a theory on if you pay people more, they'll do better work. And then there's also statistical data to show that just by increasing pay does not increase output. But with the drivers, it seems like, yes, they wanted more money, but they also wanted a good lifestyle, which is my second point. The lifestyle about around being, whether you're a long distance LTL truck driver or, or you stay within the state, which is the difference of inter and intrastate, meaning you can only drive within a state or you can drive cross lines, which I'll get into further about getting your CDL license is the lifestyle of how many hours are you on the road? How long are you away from your home? How long are you away from your family? Some drivers are sometimes gone for weeks at a time. If you've ever had the opportunity to really look at a tractor trailer, the front, the cab part, those big hoods above the windows, those are like homes for some of these people. And and that's why sometimes you see such lavish looking brand new with all tricked out chrome and stickers and tinting on some of these cabs is because they're their homes. And some of them are really huge that they could sleep two people. There's a lot of people in trucking that it's done as a couple, a husband and a wife drive. One of them's the employee and the other one's just along for the ride. A lot of them have pets and they live in those cabs. Now for the ones that don't live in the cab and they're going out just to their job and they want to get back, when they're not working, they're sleeping in that cab. It's not that they're checking into hotel rooms and it's getting compensated by their company. For truck drivers, when they are not driving the truck towards a destination, they are not being paid. Now the FMC SA, which is the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, 
has issuance laws and rules and regulations on our what called hours of service, HOS. And they have evolved over years of what is the ratio between the time that they're physically allowed to drive the truck, how long they have to wait before driving the truck, and then how long they have to rest. So right now, within 14 hours, a driver can drive 11 hours. Within that time, once those total of 14 hours is done, the next 10 hours, a driver is not legally allowed to move that vehicle. That's why you see so many tractor trailers parked in parking lots. They are not allowed to leave and move that vehicle because it's all tracked with which with with what is called an ELD, an electronic logging device. And they can be heavily fined if they turn on the engine and move the vehicle five feet. So when you see tractor trailers parked in these huge parking lots, they're typically parked where they can walk to some type of food place because they are essentially stuck there for a minimum of 10 hours. So now the last part about this driver shortage is the perception of being a truck driver. Uh, the ATA and the FMCSA both willingly admit that there is not a good perception around this specific job. It's considered a dirty job. It's considered a non-professional job. It's looked at and looked down at that, oh, anyone can do it. It's not a special skill. When in fact, getting into the training and the knowledge that is needed to operate these huge vehicles that are, are tons and tons in the power behind it, truck drivers, though are looked at on the road as some wild drivers, they are really the most experienced people on the road. Some truck drivers have millions and millions of miles on their record and they are excellent drivers. They, they meaning the ATA, the FMCSA, have to do a better job of changing the public perception of what it is to be a truck driver. And they have to make it more cool. They have to somehow figure out how to grab younger people. Now there is legislation currently in the works to lowering the CDL age to, to, from 21 to 18, but with that, because you can technically get a CDL at 18, but you cannot cross state lines. And that is really where the money is when you can go out of state, which is interstate. Some of this legislation includes that it would lower that age from 21 to 18. But until any of that is enacted, Companies are really looking to hire 21-year-old-plus drivers. So now, how does somebody go about getting a CDL? The process is long, but it can be very hard. And in some cases, you could have to pay a lot of money. Um, first off, I want to go into the classes. So there's really about five classes of a, of a license. You have A, B, C, and D. And then you have motorcycles, which I'm not going to get into at all. Uh, anybody who's licensed to drive a car um, has a class D. D is for a regular automobile. 
classes A, B, and C are really commercial, and they all have to do with weight. Without getting into any of the specifics of them, it's all about the weight. Anybody who's driving a tractor trailer is driving a class A. Anybody who's driving a school bus or a semi-large vehicle is a B, and then a C would be a smaller truck. Uh, but for everything for LTL, long distance driving, tractor trailer, 18 wheel rigs, you need a CDL class A license. And that's just to show that you know how to operate big vehicles. So now I alluded to earlier that I had worked for a bus company and I did all the direct hiring there. There I was the operational HR manager. Now this was for a school bus company, just a yellow school bus company. We picked up kids, but all the drivers there needed to have a class B because the weight of the vehicles weren't warranted for class A. With the classes, it trickles down. If you have a class A, you can drive a smaller vehicle, but it doesn't go up. So if a, somebody had a CDLB, they could not drive a tractor trailer. Now within the CDL license itself, there are components to it called endorsements. So for school buses, you need a P and an S endorsement. The P stands for passenger, the S stands for student. For tractor trailer drivers, you typically need A, which is for air brakes. And if you drive any type of hazardous material, you would need an H, which is considered a, one of the hardest endorsements to get because that goes with a, a higher level of knowledge of a technical base to drive these hazardous um, liquid nitrogen tanks and gasoline haulers. So somebody wants to get their CDL license. How does it happen? Can you do it on your own or do you need to go to a school? The short answer is technically you can do it completely on your own. You will fall into some pit stops though. Another pun within the driving world. If you do it yourself, uh, you can get a physical, which is mandated by the Department of Transportation, the DOT. It's, that's what it's called. It's called a DOT physical. You need to go to a doctor, typically a primary care doctor. They need to be licensed in providing DOT physicals. It's really not much different than an average physical anybody gets. The, some of the main things they look for is sleep problems because uh, in the driving world, there's a lot of crashes involved with fatigue and a driver falling asleep. Um, it's actually the most popular way for an accident to occur. A lot of people think it would be faulty driving or stopping short. It's actually just straight up fatigue and people being tired. And then the other part is they look at blood pressure and they wanna know if you have high blood pressure, anything to do with the heart. Um, and then probably the third thing would really be vision. But as a whole, the DOT physical is all around. Are you considered a quote, healthy person? So I always like to tell people that were looking for a job and people I was interviewing, I, I always tried to explain that you needed to physically prove that you're able to perform the job, which is in the DOT physical. You need to mentally prove that you can do the job, which is you prove that to the state. You have to go to a DMV and take 
a written exam. It's all multiple choice. There's plenty of practice material out there. And it covers all general knowledge of what it is to be of any type of commercial driver. Then you also need to take the endorsement test, which are shorter tests, but again, uh, multiple choice. Now to take these tests, you had to pay. They're about $125 to the DMV. You're essentially given 26 tries uh, to pass any of these exams and you have to wait a week every time you fail. So for people I was looking to recruit and get into the process of what we called our driver training program, every time they missed by one question, they had to wait a whole week. And these were people that didn't have jobs. So they just had to wait another seven days just to go and take the test. But the good thing about it is that you got 26 tries. And in my experience, most people needed between two and four tries uh, to pass the general knowledge and then any endorsements uh, that were needed. So once a student would pass the written exam, they've demonstrated that they're physically fit, they're mentally competent, now they need to do the actual training. For school buses, they would spend weeks learning everything about the vehicle. Most people think it's just getting into the seat, turning the vehicle on, uh, putting it into a gear, and going. Uh, it is far from that. You need to know all the engine components, all the stickers on the outside of the vehicle, all of the reflective decals, the lights, all of the interior components, emergency hatches. It is a very involved process learning all these things. And if you, for students that didn't have a mechanical background, not that they couldn't learn it, but they were at a disadvantage because when we would open the hood and point to the radiator and say, what is this? They would have no clue. So they truly, for some students, needed to completely learn uh, borderline basic mechanical knowledge just to become a school bus driver. So getting back to if somebody wanted to do this on their own, yes, they can go to the DMV, study for the tests at their own, but where they run into a problem is when they need to go to the DMV and test in the vehicle. The DMV does not provide any vehicles for road tests. So somebody who is doing it on their own would really need to know somebody who owned their own cab, that tractor trailer part, or a bus, or a tow truck, and lend them the vehicle to go take that test, which is really an oddity. Most people go through a driving school, which provides a one-stop shop from the day you pay to the day you graduate, and they even offer job placement. The catch with some of these driving schools is some of them are quite expensive. Um, in my experience, I saw that they range between $3,000 and $7,000. You heard me right, $3,000 to $7,000 to train, to pay to a school, to learn how to be a truck driver. And I think that's one of the reasons why there is a driver shortage and it's not talked about is that it's not necessarily cheap to get your license through these schools. Because if somebody's looking for a career and a job, they typically don't have that type of money to spend on a school. They would either be going to school and taking on that debt or they're looking to really get into work and to be getting a paycheck immediately. And these 
courses sometimes take weeks and months to do, just like any school craft trade training. But to wrap this all up, for people who have a CDL license, they know they are holding gold in the form of a small plastic card in their hand. They know that they can take that card to almost any place that drives and delivers and look for a job. The driving industry, or the CDL market specifically, is in such a shortage, you heard in the beginning, on how short it really is to know that it's predicted over the next eight years, 160,000 drivers will be shorted in the industry. That's so many truckloads, billions of tons of merchandise not being delivered because of this shortage, because the pay is not what drivers are expecting. They feel that they should be paid for more. Uh, The lifestyle is definitely tough. The perception in talking about the job is not considered cool. Getting the license, if you do it on your own, is rather ridiculously difficult. And if you have to pay for a school, some people don't have that money. The last thing I want to leave you all with is that my boss who owned the school bus company always told me that when the market was down, CDL licenses go up. When there's a lot of unemployment, uh, a lot more people turn to truck driving because they know these universal truths that are always in demand and they can easily take their skills and trade and license to another company uh, to leverage for more money. And the interesting part about that is to get the money for these trade schools that are three to $7,000. Unemployment has great contracts that you can use that if you are ever on unemployment, they will pay for these schools. So if you're looking for an in-demand job or you're out of work, look towards getting your CDL license, Class A, driving a tractor trailer, 18 rig, and keep the bedrock and foundation of land transportation going. Because remember, at the end of the supply chain, everything is delivered by a truck. Thank you for listening and have a good day.